so today I thought we'd have a talk about recovery in all its forms and the importance of it. Um, you know, ranging from your recovery days down to uh, recovery in interval training, down to recovery during a race, like micro recovery, and then post recovery after a race. So that all, all that sort of stuff and why that is important. But I think perhaps the best place to start is, you know, why is recovery important? Why why don't you just train every day and, and never take a rest day, for example? <laughs> yeah, some people do. Uh, so the the the, yeah. the reason is. Um, and there's an awful lot of um, science around this and an awful lot of um, interesting reading to, to dig into. Uh, but, but the basic reason is that your, um, your body requires the time um, to repair itself um, from the damage that you put it through by doing the exercise that you do. So, you, you know, that, that's, that's the, the sort of main purpose or the main reason for it. Um, and uh, uh, But in doing so... Um, if you've exercised at an appropriate level, it will it will actually recover itself or repair itself um, stronger and faster than it was before, and that's that's what we're aiming. You know, in terms of performance, that's what you're aiming for. So this yeah. idea that your your body basically gets used to performing at that level, um, and then will rebuild itself so that you're you're more in a position to be able to do that. Um, and if you carry on, and does that go on? Sorry, does that apply both to sort of muscular and cardio? Because mm-hmm. I've heard mm-hmm. this sort of whole idea about the, you know, it's, it seems easier to imagine with mus- muscles that they can sort of tear themselves apart and then rebuild themselves. But is it similar with the, your cardio systems? Is that right, yeah, or is that just uh, yeah? I mean, that... Don't forget that your heart is a muscle. Yeah, I suppose. Um, so you know, but, but yes, absolutely. You know, you you will you your body will become for all sorts of reasons. You're you're basically. Um, improving the efficiency of your system and and you're doing that because or you you know your body's doing that because it believes it's a requirement so the, the human body is incredibly clever in a way in that it will adapt yeah. to the environment you put it in um as best it yeah. can if the environment you put it in is a is a physically stressful one then it will adapt to be able to cope with that physically stressful environment in in whatever way it is able to um so yeah. yes absolutely yeah and um, and and does that vary from person to person? I mean, you say some people yeah. don't take rest days. Are they basically getting recovery more quickly? Like at the end, of, they exercise in the morning and then they're sort of recovering in the afternoon type thing. Well, I mean, some people don't overnight. take rest days, even though they should. And and one of the right. you know, so they so um, uh, you know you exercise is has this kind of uh, obsessive element to it or can have this kind of obsessive element to it where people get, a, you know, they get a, 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 um, a rush basically off the exercise. They, they, they will, yeah. you know, all, all that additional um, adrenaline and cortisol that gets pumped into your system when you do exercise is something that you can effectively become hooked on. And if you, and, and for some people, they will just carry on going and going and going. Yeah. Um, what, what's really important, and you know, obviously that's not necessarily going to improve performance. So it's not going to improve performance. So, um, you know, what, what's really important as, a, as from an athletic perspective is you start thinking about recovery as being a key element of your training program. So, doing yeah. the recovery properly is just as important as doing the interval step properly um, in terms of yeah. the overall program, and that's that's the key thing. Um, so, it's, it, but the other the other 
the other thing I suppose worth mentioning on that is um, different. I mean, it is different for all athletes, and it's age related and gender related. You know, all of these things. It, like the answer to all these questions is always it really depends on the individual, obviously. Um, yeah. And 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 then you've got to factor in people's lifestyle. So if if somebody is training for an event or training for something, um, and they have a certain amount of time, perhaps a short period of time each day, um, then you might decide from a coaching perspective to use that time. Um, but the key thing is to yeah. then start to tailor the program so that there is some effective recovery in there because otherwise yeah. they're not going to gain the full benefit from it. And interesting you say about some people making it alive. I was going to talk about this later, but and, and somebody's just finished uh, one of these run a marathon every day for a year Gary Gary McKee I saw that in yeah. the news and there was a guy I know Ben Rogers who did that um, yeah. to, to raise money for charity and I used to go running with him some, you know, he'd arrive at 5 o'clock in the morning we'd go out for 20k run or something and then he would go off have breakfast take the kids to school do work go to work and then come back and finish it but he ran he ran effectively you know, marathon distance every day for a year and he said he's just felt little niggles just going around his body all the time, but he, mm. but you know, he just carried on. And, um, but he, and it's a thing that quite a few people do. I think there is like a club mm. of people who've run a marathon every day for a year. There's a, yeah. Uh, but one of the things they struggle with is stopping because you know, it's become part, like you say, it's become part of their sort of life and their existence. And at the end of a year, if you suddenly, you can't just stop running every day, they have to sort of go down. And do half a marathon every day or something to otherwise yeah. they, you get you know mental issues with in, with dealing with it there were some great stories around i mean yeah so i mean first of all they're incredible feats of endurance um and they're not necessarily yeah. but uh, uh, it depends on goals doesn't it because they're not necessarily wanting to get faster at marathon running they are literally just right. wanting yeah. the distance um so it's a, it's a different aim to some extent um, but yeah, no, absolutely. The detraining thing is a real thing. So I, I read some somewhere about Steve Redgrave, um, the yeah. multiple Olympic rower, um, rowing champion, who um, when, when he did eventually retire, I think he was about 42 when he retired, um, he had to detrain for quite some time because the concern right. was that, that, you know, his enormous, <laughs> enormous heart muscles and everything else that had developed, this incredible engine yeah. had, would... Um, would deteriorate at a fast rate and and you know some of that you can end up with build up my, my understanding is you can end up with a build up of fatty tissue around um around right. your part that's really not a good thing so yes you definitely so yeah. certainly if you're going to do that kind of volume for such a long time um then you really do need to think about a detraining program to make sure you're not impaired by it yeah um yeah, yeah. that's but, a different kind of yeah, this yeah, and then um, but back to his sort of more mortals. Is is it typical, you know, one rest day a week, or is that something that would vary a lot, or you know, or is that just an easy way to do it? Because physiologically, wouldn't you know? There's no reason why it should be six days training, one day not. No, it fits nicely into a plan, I suppose. It, it and and it's again, it comes back to individuals, very much down to individuals. Um, you know, and, and and there's also active recovery. So you know, you can, yeah, you can actively recover. And some athletes actually, because of their lifestyle and because of the way it's arranged, might not do a rest day um, 
for quite a period of time. So if you've got, say, shift workers as an example, so if you're working with somebody who's yeah. a group athlete and they're a shift worker, uh, they may train for uh, 10 days in a row and then not train for six days in a row. Or, you know, you can get all sorts of strange patterns going on. And it's just a case yeah. of adjusting the program to try and build in an appropriate amount of recovery. And obviously there's so many factors that, that you know, just having a rest day doesn't necessarily mean you're going to recover because the quality of what you do on that rest day is super important. Um, yeah. And some people will see a rest day as a day where they don't, go running or cycling or whatever it is yeah. but they'll be working at a really hard in a stressful environment is that a rest day probably yeah. but they're not necessarily going to gain the benefit from that either um so no i wouldn't say there was a fixed pattern i think that's just a pattern that a lot of people who are busy age group athletes settle into of having a day where they do at least one one week one day in the in the week they wake up not thinking right when how am I going to get this session in um yeah and I suppose that, of course with the app helps by looking at what yeah. your training training today score is doing I think that's one of the main yeah that, and that's the great benefit of you know the 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 technology that now exists that can actually give you a little bit more evidence for the need for recovery um and yeah. also the quality of recovery. And quality of recovery is a really important element to it because, yeah. you know, I mean, sleep time is obviously very important as part of your recovery, but actually the quality of your sleep yeah. is really, really key yeah. to that. Um, yeah. So Have you, you know, noticed actually, because I've been syncing my sleep logs into training peaks recently, and because Apple Watch now it gives you the, it's now, I don't know whether you've seen it, but it's breaking it down into deep sleep, REM sleep, and yeah, I think they call it core sleep, which is sort of quite interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, sleep definitely has a massive impact on me if my sleep is yeah, disturbed yeah. or short, I think. Yeah, and I think that's true for uh, most people. I mean, and, you know, because when you're asleep is such a key, important time for your body to do that recovering and you yeah. know, to rebuild. Yeah. And, um, I mean, what I would say is that they're not necessarily adding – I think information about sleep and quality of sleep is, is very – important to monitor and track and think about from a coaching perspective but to some extent the actual heart rate variability value is is giving you that information yeah anyway because if you've yeah it encompasses it yeah it, it, it yeah, yeah absolutely um and one of the i mean one of the things is often athletes don't sleep very well after an intense session after intense activity um yeah and that can be something that you need to factor in as part of that so although you know, they may think, oh, I've done a hard session today. I need to go, I'll go to bed early. Actually, they may spend a, a, a significant amount of time in bed, but the quality of what's yeah. happening while they're asleep may not be where they want it to be. Yeah. And often that's true. I after. suppose the, the sleep data gives you context, doesn't it, for the for the HRV score, the training today score? Because you can yeah, see, you can see so. it's low and then you could, yeah. Yeah. Once you understand that. So so what what should you do on a on a uh, rest day then because you mentioned <laughs> you know if you if you're stressed out it could be worse couldn't it in a way because oh, i suppose it yeah. could actually flip completely the opposite way if you go to work you get stressed at work and you haven't got a bit of a release for an, you know with a walk or a gentle run or something actually you, you could make yourself worse off than than actually not having a rest <laughs> day and doing some exercise absolutely and um and you know people so in answer to the question of what you know what should you do on a rest day well ideally you would 
do very little if you really do have a rest period let's call it a rest period rather than a rest day because it might not be a whole day but you know ideally you know good habits getting into good habits is really important from uh, as an athlete Um, and what a good what does that mean it means identifying times when you are going to um, you know just try and relax and de-stress or whatever it might be but if the most relaxing thing you'd ever do is go for a nice walk out in the in the local woods in the yeah. sunshine yeah. and great fantastic yeah. that's great recovery yeah. time it might even be go for an easy spin on your bike you know as long as yeah. you're not it's all about stress level it's all about where you know what how much effort level how where's your heart rate going and all that kind of thing you know if you if you are able to yeah. do very very gently that can be hugely beneficial um yeah so you know it it, it again it does really really come down to individuals and the other thing i'd say yeah. is in terms of physical recovery is um you know if you if you can find yourself a quality sports masseur that's um yeah that's a really really good option and and to do that on a relatively regular basis um just helps helps um helps your body to to spark up and and get that recovery going um way yeah so yeah that's something i've never really managed to do but maybe i should i mean i I use one of those theraguns um you know the massage gun type thing yeah which i do find useful but i think yeah obviously a quality sports measure would be better probably something i should look at to be honest yeah so and and what about um go on sorry no, I was just going to say somebody that you that that once you get a good sports masseur, they they are like gold, gold dust, you know. They were, yeah. And uh, stick with it, definitely. Yeah. And what about what you should eat? Because I often find on if I've, you know, on a, on a day that I'm training hard, I probably would eat. I mean, I'll eat enough, but I might not. I won't be snacking as much on a rest day. I sometimes find myself. <laughs> Like snacking or, or eating more, even though I'm not doing as much exercise. And mm. some, is that is that is that might be just be a lack of discipline, or it might be. Um, it feels like I do get hungry on on rest days sometimes, rather than the actual day when I've done a lot of exercise the day before, yeah. for example. So you, so you definitely have to fuel re- your recovery as well. I mean, I, you know, the, yeah, the, the, it's um, the building blocks that you know the building blocks of uh, recovery are. are, are are important so getting an appropriate amount of protein into your body and so on is is and, yeah. you know the, your body having the energy to do what it needs to do um because yeah. it, it takes energy to to um to do that physical recovery so yeah um but i but i also think there's an element of um i think i, think, I mean if it's from my own perspective i think i just get bored sometimes and think well what am i gonna do yes. i'll eat something <laughs> yeah i think that's, <laughs> that's it, a disaster that's it, yeah. um yeah, <laughs> yeah, but so th- th- I guess the thing to do if you find yourself in that situation is to make sure some of the things you have around to eat are, are good, are healthy, and gonna and yeah. get to um, benefit you from a recovery perspective yeah. and not uh, be detrimental. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, one of the great things, one of the great advantages of doing plenty of physical ac- activity actually is that you know you probably you can you, you're going to burn yeah. off more calories than the average person. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And is there science of of the, of the interval or the resting within an interval the same sort of idea? Or that's different, isn't it? So, yeah, so if you've got an interval session and then we sort of you give me like I've just done that run session set, and obviously you know there's twelve minute run, one minute walk. Yeah. So that's a bit of a sort of 
uh, recovery yeah. in that walk, and then then you go off again. But that's a different sort of thing, right? That's that's more is it? That's more about training different en- yeah. energy systems, is it? Absolutely. So that that's about pushing the boundary. So the, the so then it then the the planned recovery all depends on the uh, intensity of the of the interval set that you're doing. So if you so yeah, um, if you take an extreme example of uh, track sprinters, track sprinters may yeah. may have a main set in their track sprinting which is only six one hundred meter reps max, yeah. something like that. I don't know. I'm not a track coach. Um, yeah. But their rest, but they might do that within a whole hour session. So their rest interval, their rest interval between each rep might be, well, would be significantly longer than the reps themselves, um, right. multiple times. Um, yeah. Perhaps you know, if you bring it into the world of sort of endurance sport and triathlon, then if you were working on speed, you might consider rest intervals of equivalent length to the rep that you've done. Um, yeah. And then, as you, you know, depending on what energy system you're looking at. So, if you're working around a threshold um, in run set, you might have, you know, what you want to do is allow your heart rate to recover. So, you're going to push it just above that level because that's what you're trying to train. And then you're going to allow it to yeah. recover below that level, but but not much below it. And then, so it's, it's this classic kind of under over idea. Um, yeah. So, it really, so depend. Yes, it absolutely depends on what set you're doing. Um, and it is yeah. training your body around those particular points. And you often look at the drift, don't you, of heart rate mm-hmm. between yeah. intervals. And yeah. you, said, you said something the other day that my drift looked well, cause you expect So you're expecting a, a drift over, I don't know, 10 intervals yeah. for it to gradually go higher, are you, at the end, in the last interval compared to the first one? Yeah, because That's what you mean you, by the drift. Yeah, absolutely. So as you fatigue um, during the set, during the whole set, um, you're... Yeah. Your your body fundamentally becomes slightly less efficient at doing what you're wanting it to do. So if you've right. got if you've got the set from a coaching perspective, an athletic perspective, you know if you've got the set in roughly the right area, then you expect to see yeah. a little bit of drift in terms of the peak heart rate during that interval session, uh, during that interval, okay. during each interval. And now exactly how yeah. much that drift could be is um, or should be is again individual, and also. Yeah slightly disputed in terms of literature but the but the but what you're looking for you know if, at the end of the day if you're if you do a, if you do 10 reps of a particular interval and your peak heart rate doesn't change throughout those 10 reps assuming it's not yeah. max assuming you're not talking about maximum effort here um you know if say yeah. we're going at seven to eight out of ten effort and your heart and your peak heart yeah. doesn't change doing that rep then probably those reps are set to lower level because you're coping with it okay. quite easily. Yeah. Now, if you, you know, but again, it does depend on what you're what you're trying to do. You know, if you're going to, if yeah. you're going to, um, if you're training for Ironman, then you might you're not going to want, you know, you're not necessarily going to push that at the same level. So it's, it, it, yeah. it's very dependent on what where we're going with it. But for the set you were doing the other day, yeah, I'm what I'm doing is I'm using that as a judgment as to whether that set is at an appropriate level for you as an athlete. And based yeah. on the drift on your max heart rate, but the other there are other factors that can affect that. So the temperature in the room. Yeah. If you're in, yeah. if you're on an inside turbo trainer, as the temperature goes up, your heart rate is going to go up a little bit with it. Presumably, um, interesting. Yeah. Um, and if there's a lot of drift, like too much, that could also be an indicator of being overtrained or the set being too hard, or maybe 
Yeah, I mean, you probably you find you just wouldn't. I mean, you, there, there, will, there comes a point where you wouldn't be able to sustain the effort level because you would yeah. be maxed out. And that, that obviously then means the effort levels. That means that one of many things could mean the effort level's been set at too high a point. Um, it could mean yeah. that you, for whatever reason, not enough sleep, not enough recovery from previous yeah. sessions, and not yeah. in a position yeah. to um, to execute it. So it's, it's you know, it, it's about trying to read into the data and work out why. I think there was an, op, an option. I think there was a. I think when you were training a couple of weeks ago, there was a set where you um, where you bailed halfway through, and I think from memory that was a sleep related thing because you'd not had any. Or yeah. you, you attributed it That's to that. Right. Uh, but it seemed reasonable. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'd had poor sleep, like four hours or something. That mm. actually not the night. Oh no, it was the night before. I think wasn't it? Yeah. So because um, I've had disturbed sleep the night before, so it's like two days, I suppose, of one disturbed, and then that sort of led to poor sleep. And uh, I mean, yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I, I didn't look at my heart rate for that, but I guess it was. I bailed as it was getting high. Or but I mean, I think then I was just feeling drained i just didn't have mm. the ability to push the heart rate up really yeah yeah. feeling tired yeah and that's yeah. definitely to look out for and it, you know absolutely yeah. you know the key we say this all the time but the key the key thing always is is your you know your brain is the best computer the best judge you've got of everything yeah um yeah so, yeah it's um it always always the go-to in the end yeah and what do you think about it, just sort of moving down the sort of scale of recovery um this idea because i've heard people talk about micro recovery during a race so for example if you're down on the tri bars and holding a certain watts there but if you sat up for 30 seconds then you could you you get a little recovery and then go back go back down again or even you know the you know i've done a marathon in in wales before where I sort of deliberately took a, um, a run walk approach mm. and tried to keep it very, um, you know, very regulated. So you do, I can't remember what it was, nine, nine minutes walk and two minutes run or something. Sorry, the other way around, nine minutes run, two minute walk. Um, and, you know, the argument that actually that could give you a better overall time because you're getting that recovery and you're not sort of, you're less likely to get an injury they've been at the same pace throughout or something like that. Is that, is that something that makes sense to you or is that more? Um, I think most of the science points towards even pace running being the most efficient yeah. way of, of competing, uh, completing. Um, but obviously there yeah. are factors to bring into that. So if you're, you know, if for instance you have, um, so the, the, if you bring psychology into it, that's an important one. So if you're, yeah. if you have a particular goal in terms of I'm going to run to this point and then I'm going to take some nutrition yeah. while I'm taking the nutrition I'm going to walk that might have yeah. a bene- such a beneficial effect, effect in terms of the psychology of what you're doing that it could have overall benefit um, I right. think so you've, yeah. got to, you've got to factor in all these things and obviously nutrition in an endurance event is super important because if you get that wrong yeah. then you really are in trouble you know you you can't yeah um, so the, so yeah, I mean, in terms of recovery, I mean, you're basically stressing your body, aren't you? I mean, yes, recovery in terms of um, uh, discomfort. So if you're on the, you know, if you're finding a, that you have a little bit of lower back pain developing on the tri bars on your bike, um, yeah, during an event, you know, yeah, absolutely, changing bike position could well help with that, and then could improve your um, your 
the speed or time because you're more comfortable and able to you know not not being if you're not in pain you're going to be able to ride faster but I, but the actual concept of micro recovery i'm not entirely convinced by i'd have to be convinced by it okay <laughs> yeah no fair um, enough but yeah yeah i wasn't sure about it but I, yeah I mean, you can Although, certainly, I mean, I did, I did. if you were feeling overloaded in a race, then certainly, yeah, you can have to back off a bit. And it's, I suppose, what it, you know, what is absolutely true is that in long distance running races, for instance, you will have ups and downs. And in long distance triathlon, you, yeah. you know, you'll have ups and downs. There'll be bits of the race where you yeah. feel great, bits of the race where you don't feel so great. So you will be able to um, put, you know, up your effort level or up your. You know, you might find yeah. you're able to run a bit faster at particular points. Um, yeah, I think that that psychology point's really interesting. I think because I'm thinking that race that was the um, the long course weekend, which I was sort of right at the start yeah. of me doing. I hadn't done a triathlon before that, but that long course weekend is like the Ironman distances in Wales over three days. So, yeah, and I just remember doing that run on the Sunday, and that was definitely a psychology. <laughs> there was lots of psychology going there. It was like halfway through that. Uh, you know the bit where you're I was way out in the in the, the hills uh, and you know feeling like it was really struggling and felt like I had some sort of real pain in my leg and sort of stopped for a second and, and sat down and some bloke I remember some guy running up to me and going you're right and I was yeah and I thought I'll he said come and run with me and I ran with him a bit and we both moaned and we just moaned about stuff for a bit <laughs> and, and that was great and then we felt I felt fine after that so that was definitely a psychological thing it was just needed yeah. to feel like I wasn't uh, failing I think and just you know somebody else was also having a bit of a tough time and then you get feel good again so absolutely yeah, interesting. And, you know and, and the other thing is that by bringing in a, a, a structure like the nine minutes run yeah. it's what you're doing is you're yeah. focusing your attention on a process so the yes. the enormity of what you're trying to do is is removed you know that probably the worst the worst thing or, or you know you, you don't it can be quite demoralizing if you run out of a transition area in a triathlon with a marathon to run thinking yeah. right my legs feel like this and now i've got to run 26 and a bit miles yeah um that that's demoral you know that can be de very very demotivational if you're focused on a process yeah. right i'm going to run for nine minutes and then i'm going to walk and take on some nutrition that could be beneficial yeah. absolutely yeah um yeah. and you know we're great advocates of focusing on process in terms of how you yeah. execute um, race strategy. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And then, okay, what about the last part of then? So after you finish your Ironman, mm. how should you recover in the following, you know, when you've done some sort of huge effort like that or any race, it doesn't have to be an Ironman, but you, um, what's the recovery process following a, a hard event? Again, depends. Um, yeah, but um, we, I, I would certainly advocate some active recovery. So pretty much always, yeah. if possible, to get a very usually a very very gentle spin or a gentle swim in yeah. the following day, and that's just yeah. to get everything moving again. Um, yeah, uh, nutrition obviously is important, um, and yeah. you know we could probably do a whole session on nutrition. I should think, um, and yeah. and post post activity with nutrition, um, you know. It is, is super important. Um, uh, the other, but the other thing I think we touched on earlier is this idea of sleeping. You know, you, you it, it's quite normal not to have a good night's sleep the, the night following a big event because 
you know, for lots of reasons, aches and pains, and your body's just not able to get into that mode of, of deep sleep. And your heart rate sort of stays elevated, I found, yeah. as well, doesn't it, for a while? Yeah, because, because it's been, you know... Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's working. Up, up. But yeah. Don't forget, your body's yeah. working. It's trying to recover this, you know, you basically put it in a... It's in, yeah. a, in a stress, and it's interesting that the for some people we've talked we've touched on this before, but some people their heart rate variability will go sky high at that point, which seems like the yeah. opposite of what it should do, but actually it's yeah. doing it because your body is is trained enough to go, okay, recovery mode it is. <laughs> That's my <Yeah>. last option. <laughs> I'm going for recovery yeah. mode, and so it flips your um, recovery systems on, and your heart rate variability goes up. Um, but obviously, yeah. you, you, that's fine. That, uh, as long as you understand that's what's happening, that's fine. Um, and I know, yeah. I know several athletes who almost like clockwork their heart rate variability score, their readiness to train score, and the app will go sky high straight after the event. Um, yeah. You know, and it, and that's, that's, that's their body basically recovering well, but it doesn't mean you've fully well, recovered. What it is is their body re- prioritizing recovery over everything else. Yeah. It's going right. You really, right. really upset me now. <laughs> I'm just going into recovery mode. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, it, it's um, it, it's you, if as long as you're aware. I mean, no, you know, no, no athlete is going to do a half Ironman and then their watch says, you know, your heart rate variability is high. You're ready to go and and look at it and yeah. go, oh yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> no, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, that that would be crazy. But but quite often then it will do. Yeah. And and you know, planning your sleep strategy for the days especially following something like an Ironman which is a huge physical exertion planning your sleep strategy yeah. for the following days is important um, because if you don't get that recovery mode in you don't get that rest in um, that then it will take much longer to recover and for most of yeah. um, the crazy people that do this, these long endurance events they want to be back up and at it pretty fast um, yeah so yeah important interesting yeah and we're going to try and add aren't we some of that extra guidance on yeah in the app yeah in terms of quite important isn't it because we you know we occasionally get questions about you know how come it's telling me this when i've just done this yeah that's um yeah you know that's uh important that that comes in yeah good stuff okay i think that's a good place to end it cool Um, I'm, i'm gonna go and recover from the club now (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Um, thanks so much we'll speak next week yeah cheers yeah.